um, video this morning, and I asked Dale Gleason, who's a member at Baseline Church, to share a little bit of her faith journey with you. Dale uh, just recently joined there. She came in through the mega sports camp and then real life service, but she started singing on Sunday mornings in the choir there and in, involved in many ways, but she also attends here occasionally because her kids love our children's ministry, so she's going to share her story. Before we look at that, I just want to say that this is our first attempt at a video story, so uh, you'll see that we're in desperate need of someone with some uh, videoing abilities and video editing abilities. Uh, we're definitely not a threat to the Kendricks brothers, okay? <laughs> this is not courageous or a war room or anything like that, but I think that Dale's story uh, comes through even so. So let's go ahead and watch that. Here I am with Pastor Peg to tell my story. For as a child going to church, every time there was a Bible school or Sunday school, uh, there would be people that would come knocking on the door and they would ask if us kids could go. There were seven of us. And um, I think it was kind of a way for my parents to get a break. So we would go every time that there was someone knocking on the door. And when I became a teenager, I had a bus that pulled up from a Nashville church and they wanted to know if we wanted to go to church and I started going to church and I was baptized and I got to know the Lord and even though I had gone to church for a few years, my husband, my parents would still tell me that I was a mistake. And over the years, God has told me, God does not make mistakes. We're all here for a reason. And I went to a church for 10 long years, really loved the church, felt God was there and the love, but something happened and God told me to move on. And then we started going to the different activities that Baseline and the Methodist Church have and God told me this is where we need to be. The boys are comfortable with the things that they do and so he blessed us and told us to stay here at Baseline Church and my story is God does not make mistakes. What a wonderful story. And I really appreciate that you are willing to be our first person sharing uh, a, your story with us, and especially doing it on video is not very easy. Um, but one of the things I liked about your story is how you could see God at work in your life all the way through. It must have been really hard, though, to, to hear uh, growing up that you were a mistake. And I, I wonder at what point did God get through to you that, no, that's not right? I think, like, um, after I was baptized, mm -hmm. you know, like when you come out of the whole, when you come out of the water and you come up and all your sins are washed away, yeah. and then that's when, from then on, I just believe, you know, you, I think a lot of it is mind over matter. Yeah. You have to believe it yourself. And you get God. Giving you the strength, telling you, telling you that, that no, right. no, no, that's not right. You're not a mistake. You're here. Yeah. You're here because you have a husband. You have yeah. three children. Now you have two more. So yeah. You have five children. Yeah. You know, and that, that was quite an undertaking to start over at age 50 and take in your great nephews, um, adopt them, and raise them as your own. I think it's interesting, though, that you grew up with that. Um, history or whatever, and God took that and used it for to Ryan and Jacob's 
uh, to come into my life yeah and to say to put somebody in their life that uh, has been where they're at where they you know even though I always grew up with my parents you can still feel that you know yeah. they can always make you feel a unworthy yeah. unworthy is the word yeah. I always kind of used a lot of times yeah. so that you're un, you know you're not worthy to be here but then you're you're the perfect person then to raise Ryan and Jacob, Jacob because I feel that I felt that way and I know where they're and eventually they may not be feeling it now but when they become later in life I'm sure that they will and so that's why I think that when I turned 50 and the Lord laid the two boys on me that are towards me that that was for me to tell them they're they're wanted somebody loves them God loves them yeah I love them. yeah and popular, you know, all yeah. the world and all yeah. the people in our family love them. Yeah. Well, uh, God uses our stories. And my goal in this um, next year is to incorporate at least one story from either someone from Bellevue or someone from Baseline in uh, every series that we do this year. And today we're finishing a series that uh, the emphasis was on the importance of sharing our stories. And when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know, you have a story. Jesus has changed you. And um, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a story to tell. You have a story of how you came to faith in Christ, how he um, got through to you, that he loves you, and that he wants a relationship with you. But you also have stories... Um, that you have experienced God in different ways throughout your life. And um, last week I talked about three questions that you could ask of yourself to kind of put words to your salvation story. And those three questions are on the screen there. What was your life like before you came to faith in Christ? How did you come to put your faith in Christ? And then what's changed since you gave your life, life to Christ? Um, but... So, so that's your salvation story. But then we have these other stories throughout our life of things that God's doing to us. And if you think, for us, if you think about the people who followed Jesus Christ when he walked on the face of the earth, several, several of those followers wrote down the stories of what they saw Jesus do. There were healings, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the mutes talked, the lame walked. There were miracles, storms were still, stilled, um, thousands of people were fed from a few loaves of bread and some fish, the dead were raised to life again, people's lives were changed, prostitutes were forgiven, and, and even tax collectors became godly guys, right? And, and God was at work all the time, there was never a dull day. And God is at work in your life as well, and when your faith is in Jesus Christ, and it's alive and it's vital, when you're praying, you're relying on God for his provision, his guidance, his protection, then you will see God at work in your life as well. And, you know, we have, uh, we'll have stories, big stories, uh, big things that God does and small things. I think about even yesterday, Forrest went to call Steve about a problem with the, the mower. He pushed the wrong Steve and called a guy that we haven't seen in 15 years. And it just happened that this guy had just had to uh, give up his job that he's had for many, 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 many years because he um, just couldn't, the supervisor and him just weren't hitting it off and uh, had a new supervisor. And, 
And so he was really down. He was starting a new job that he didn't really like. And Forrest says, hey, we'll be praying for you. You know, and there's these kind of God incidences that you'll see throughout your life. And, and some of them are bigger than others, but, but God is at work in your life. And, and we should tell someone. And our memory verse um, in this series is one of those verses from Scripture that encourages us to do that. It's Psalm 107, verse 2. It says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. And, you know, that's in the Bible. God said that first before I just said it. So, you know, we're supposed to, we're, uh, to tell other people, but we tend to be slow at doing that. And I'm talking to myself as much as anyone else here because, you know, I uh, struggle with this too. But God uses stories in heart-stirring ways to, to give people hope, uh, to help them to find direction in their life, to help them to move from unbelief to belief, as we talked about on Easter. You know, your story can change someone's eternity. So in light of that, today I want to talk about how to put words to the stories of God's activity in your life, these day-to-day -day things. And, you know, I think it's important to do this because you never know when God will put you uh, in, in a situation in a place where somebody's going through something similar to something that you went through and if you recognize how God brought you through that then you'll be prepared and ready to share with that person um, how God helped you and how God can help them and, and give them some hope. So we're going to look at a list of questions just as we did last um, week and that list is in your um, bulletin notes there. And the starting place to do this is to bring to mind a time when you saw God's activity in your life, a, a time when you experienced God uh, helping you in some way. And maybe it was a time when you were praying uh, for a church or looking for a church, and then suddenly out of the blue somebody invited you, you to church. Uh, maybe you were out of work and God provided. So the starting place is bring to mind uh, a time you saw God at work in your life, and then after you've got that situation in mind, uh, then ask these four questions. The first is, what is my story about? All right, so you're going to have a specific topic that you're talking about. Maybe it was a time you were healed. Maybe it was a time you experienced God's provision in an unexpected way. Uh, maybe your story is about forgiving someone or getting free of an addiction or something. And the, the possibilities are endless because we serve a big God who does big things in our lives. And, and you know, you could sit down and, and write or think through four or five of these. Um, as you think back over your life, what are the uh, activities of God that kind of stand out where you really saw God or experienced God at work in your life? And then write those out. Then the second thing that you would do is um, to ask the question, what's, what's the backdrop for this story? What was the need or the circumstance that uh, this story came out of? Like, you know, my cupboards were empty, and then, I, you know, I prayed and God provided. Or, uh, you know, my marriage was falling apart, and I saw God uh, intervene in that. Uh, so what's the circumstance? If you think about Dale's story, I mean, she was raised with this um, message that she was a mistake. And that's the backdrop for her story. But then number three, how did you see God get involved? 
How did God show up? What did God do? All right, this is the important part. Everybody wants to know, how can God help? And, and in Dale's story, uh, God, you see God showing up all the way through. I mean, there's somebody knocking on her door and asking her to go to Sunday school, even though that wasn't something that her parents were going to provide for her. So God showed up by sending somebody to, with a bus to, to bring her to, to church. And then how has God used it for good in my life since? You know, God does these things, and then he also uses them uh, in our life. We don't always understand why things happen to us, but often we can point to some unexpected outcomes from that, even uh, when it was something that we wouldn't choose to go through again, some kind of circumstances that, you know, uh, we regret or something that we wish hadn't happened. Somehow God has a way of using those things for good. He, he redeems the time. He redeems losses of, uh, that come. And so is there some kind of outcome that you can point to that shows God's grace and his goodness in that situation? And if you'll think through some of the times that you've seen God's activity in your life and write those stories down, I think you'll be surprised uh, how God might use that. What I'm going to do in the time that we have left then is to um, kind of give you some encouragement because sometimes we think uh, we have things in our story that so God can't use us because we have something in our past that you know makes us unusable or maybe there's a chapter of our story that's not finished yet and so uh, we're just going to wait and see how that comes out or see how we turn out or how our kids turn out or whatever. But the truth is that God can use all the parts of our story. And, and the focus of this series, uh, the takeaway for this series that's printed there in your bulletin is that your story is too wonderful to keep to yourself. It really is. It's too wonderful to keep to yourself. So if you'll go ahead and pull out your message notes, I want to um, look at what God's word says about our stories and uh, a couple of uh Scriptures that will help us to get past some of the barriers that keep us from telling our stories. So the first thing is um, to realize that God can use every chapter of your story. God can use the triumphs as well as the failures. He can use the joy, the pain. He can use the things that we're proud of and the things that we wish weren't part of our story. And the Apostle Paul is a great example of this. Paul was a... Um, Pharisee, he was very into the Old Testament law and the sacrificial system and the temple worship. And after Jesus' death and resurrection, when Jesus' disciples were going around and telling everybody that he was uh, raised from the dead, that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you could have eternal life, uh, that was offensive to Paul. I mean, you have to keep the law. And, and so Paul um, thought this resurrection story was just a made-up lie that had to be stopped. And one day, some of the religious folk um, stoned and killed Stephen, who was a follower of Jesus Christ. He was the first person to be martyred for his faith in Christ. And Paul was right there holding everybody's coats and voting yes. And, and uh, that kind of emboldened him. And he started going house to house and then even town to town and arresting Christians and persecuting them, putting them in prison. Uh, some of them were even killed. And... Um, but then one day he had this encounter with Jesus. Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus in this bright light. And, 
And he came to believe and he knew that Jesus was alive, that he was indeed the Messiah. And when he heard Jesus speaking to him and, you know, God has an amazing sense of humor because Paul was this person who, uh, you know, he hated anybody that was not Jewish and not uh, this, not like him. And and um, and so one of the very first things that God says to Paul after he, his conversion was, I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. <laughs> I'm going to send you to the very people that uh, you've been so offended by. And uh, so he does that. And the letter to Timothy is written by Paul. Paul considered Timothy uh, his spiritual son, which is also something that he would have never thought would happen to him because Timothy was, his father was a Greek, so he wasn't uh, Jewish either. But he takes this young man under his wing and he is teaching him how to be a leader of leaders. And he writes to him in 1 Timothy um, this book to him. And in the process of talking to him about how to uh, lead others, uh, he talks about his own call. And we're going to look at that. It's in 1 Timothy 1, verses 12 through 17. In verse 12 he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who's given me the strength, that he's considered me trustworthy, uh, someone who could be trusted with an assignment, appointing me to his service. Now, you would think at this point that Paul would then go on and give a list of his credentials on why Jesus thought he was such a trustworthy person. Uh, and he does have credentials, but he has some shortcomings too. And so Paul doesn't proceed to list his credentials and his qualifiers. Instead, he goes right to the list of things that would disqualify him in the job market today. Uh, in verse, seven, verse 13, he says, even though, even though, and those are very important words in the kingdom of grace. He says, even though I was a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, and in, then other places in scripture, he says, I was a murderer. He, you know, he had had these Christians arrested and killed. Even though Jesus had every reason to disqualify me, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. So even though there were countless marks against me, I was shown mercy. Then in the next verse, uh, verse 14, it says, The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. So even though I had done nothing to deserve it, God poured out his grace abundantly on me. That's Paul's story. Uh, and Jesus accepted him, used him, even though he had uh, this part of his past that was kind of uh, undesirable. And, you know, I wonder um, if you have any even those in your life. Those pieces of your story that you wish weren't a part of your story, that you wish that you could take out and just maybe have some kind of an eraser and erase them from your story. And um, maybe it's something that uh, was done to you or something that you said or did, something that happened that you wish was not a part of who you are and part of your story, something that you would take out if you could.
you know, what I've discovered is the things that we seem, um, that seem most like we'd like to take out of our story are the things that God uses most gloriously to, to show his goodness, his grace, his kindness, uh, who he is, what he's able to do, how he's able to take any circumstance and work it for good. And so because of God's grace, we can trust God with all the pieces of our story. That we don't have to um, wait to tell our story until our life's perfect. That God wants to use things from our past, maybe things that indicate our own brokenness, in order to help others believe that God is a God of grace. And God can use every chapter of your story. So I wonder, what is that thing that you think disqualifies you from God using you? What's that piece of your story that maybe you'd rather no one knew about? And, and this doesn't mean you've got to tell somebody about it, but, you know, God uses everything. We have those stretches of time maybe where you ran away from God and you regret that. That's okay. Tell people how he brought you back to him. God uses all the pieces of our story if we'll let him, in, and he's the one that gets the glory and shines through when we do that. And I think about uh, Dale's story and how painful it was to grow up hearing that you were a mistake. But then God used that. Um, he he was, enabled her to have the empathy that she needed to adopt two great nephews uh, who were unloved and, and to bring them into her family and to, to make them her own children. And, and because she'd experienced that before, to know what it's like to be unloved, she's able to love all the more, right? God used that to, to help her in that way. And God can use all of your story. Look what Paul says in the next few verses about his it says, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. God called Paul used him in a powerful way so that everyone could know that nobody's blown it so badly that God can't bring good out of it, that he can't use your story. And uh, so he gives us stories of grace and faith and love when we trust him. Then the second word of encouragement, and this is from Paul's story too, is God can use unfinished chapters in your story. You know, your life is an unfinished book. My life is an unfinished book. We are works in progress, right? <laughs> and um, God's not finished with us yet. And Paul says in a, another letter, the letter to the Philippians, he's, he talks about his desire to grow to maturity in Christ. And he says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
You know, sometimes I see people who um, are hesitant to tell what God's doing in their life. God's done something amazing in their marriage, but their marriage isn't perfect yet, so they're like, I think we should just wait and, you know. But God, tell what God has done so far. Uh, sometimes we, I see people who uh, feel like they can't share their story because they might, you know, like getting free of an addiction or something because they might go blow it next week. And, 